You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode number 24 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Black Cat Manor. Black Cat Manor is a hardcore punk band from Freeport, Illinois. Black Cat Manor's music includes a perfect blend of blistering riffs, melodic breaks, and socially conscious lyrics that has the potential to appeal to fans of Slayer and Green Day equally. Last year, they were featured on the season premiere of the hit FX television show, American Horror Story Cult. For more information on the band, check out blackcatmanorband.com, facebook.com forward slash blackcatmanorband, or on Instagram, at blackcat underscore manor. Make sure to check them out also on iTunes, Spotify, and all of the other music streaming platforms. Now here it is, their song, An Old Friend.
Hey, what's up? This is Wee Man, and you're listening to that one time on tour. Run for the road, cause it's gone. Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of that one time on tour. As always, I'm your host, Chris Swinney, back with another stellar conversation with someone in or around the music industry. Uh, this week is a great episode. I get to sit down with Jason Weeman Acuna of Jackass fame. And uh, I'm really appreciative to Wee Man for taking the time out of his busy schedule to be on that one time on tour. I had a really good time speaking with him. He's a great dude. You guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. And uh, before I get into that, I do need to tell you about my awesome sponsors. Uh, last week, we had a new sponsor come on board. They're still on board, Sticker Wolf. Uh, they made some stickers for the podcast. They just did a new logo for us. Check it out on Instagram or Facebook if you want to see the new logo. Sticker Wolf is amazing. So make sure to check them out at StickerWolf.com. Also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything, just Sticker Wolf. I also have to tell you about Muncie Music Center. It's the store that I work at. I teach guitar and a lot of other stuff there. They're a great store. They've got everything that you need for music. Uh, make sure that you check them out at MuncieMusic.com or if you are here in central Indiana, go to 600 South Mulberry Street in downtown Muncie, Indiana. Um, Rockabilia.com. They're still on board. I love Rockabilia. They're your one-stop shop for everything band merch related. They have over 500,000 unique items officially licensed by the bands. So go over to Rockabilia.com and at checkout, put in the promo code PCTOTOT. That's going to save you 15% on your entire order. Now that the business is out of the way, make sure that you are following us on all of the social media platforms. It's at TOTOT podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, send me an email, TOTOT podcast at gmail.com. You can become a sponsor. You can give me ideas for future guests, whatever you want to do. Uh, make sure that you call the TOTOT hotline. That is 1765 uh, subscribe, rate, and review us in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's it. We're going to jump right into my conversation with Jason Wee Manacuna from Jackass. Here we go. So, yeah, I'm on the phone with uh, Wee Man. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, living the hotel life right now and actually living the on tour life too. So <laughs> it's a perfect it's podcast, <laughs> perfect podcast for you to be on then. Right. Yeah. I'm making a couple more. I'm making more than those one times on tour <laughs> stories now. That's awesome, man. <laughs> no, here's a, here's a funny one just to start it. So my chick lives up in Canada and, uh, she lives in a small town that right now the airport that's close by the flights are either early in the morning or late at night or whatever they they're just off the wrong schedule for me and so i just fly into vancouver and i drive four four hours to her house wow man yeah and there's only two roads that go to her house <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah it's really crazy it's it's cool though i'm i love 
being on the road by myself. Oh yeah, and yeah. Driving because you get to pick when you do the pit stop. Yeah. You get to pick where you're eating. Nobody else, you know. You get to pick the radio. So, well, that, that's one thing. When you're with a band, you have to kind of, you know, do whatever everybody wants to do. But I, I made a couple trips by myself out to California from Indiana, and it's great. You can. You can do whatever you want, man. Yeah. Yeah. You stop when you want. You eat when you want. You snack how you want. Yeah. You, you know, you get gas wherever you want. So That's awesome. But, yeah. So I left your house the other day because I had a 6 I got a cheap ticket. This worked the best. I had a ticket for like 160 bucks. Actually... It's probably about like 120 American to fly from Vancouver to LA. Okay. And it was like six in the morning, but I had to drive there. So I thought, okay, I got to be there like around four because it's an international flight and the flight's at six. I'll leave at midnight. Yeah. So I went to bed like at nine o'clock that night. We watched a little bit of TV and then I'm like, oh, I got to crash out and like sleep for a little bit at least. Got up midnight, got on the road. Drove, you gotta go. So her town's like right in the middle of these two highways, but it's weird because they're she's like right here, and then they, there's one highway that goes this way and one that's this way, but then they go down and they connect down in this city, and then they go west. So I took the quicker one, and then I started to go down, and I guess there was a gnarly crash that night that they closed the freeway down because it's only two lanes. Yeah. So they closed the freeway down from this huge gap. And they set me off onto this off-road area, back kind of up near my ladies, then to the other road, and then back down to where I needed to be like an hour and a half before that. <laughs> so I started like jamming, and I'm just like yelling, fuck, and I'm so pissed. <laughs> and my chick doesn't even know. She's asleep. And so I, and I have to return a car. I got to return the car, bring it with full gas. So I get almost to the airport fill it up, drive a little more, it stays at full, give them the car, grab all my gear, I got my board, I got my bags, run. I'm getting into the, my flight's at 6.15, I'm getting into the airport at 5.15, they're boarding at 5.40, 5.40 they're boarding. So I'm dropping off my bag, I'm giving them my passport, I'm running through, go through security, go through customs, grab my board, my bag, just my backpack, and I walk up and they're boarding zones already i just walk up get my ticket and get on the plane and like it's, it's probably a go. good thing probably a good thing that you didn't get recognized at the airport because you know you always want to be nice to fans right but you're, oh, you're yeah. in a hurry <laughs> uh, i'm i'm nice and i'm <laughs> sometimes i mean too it, it just depends on the person's manners nowadays yeah yeah uh, how i am uh so if someone just comes up and just says hey can i get a picture i'm like <laughs> They don't even Hello. say anything to you? They just ask no, for a picture? They, yeah, they just say nobody. I don't. I think cell phones and social media have, have rewired people's brains that they don't even say, hello, nice to meet you. My name is you yeah. know, Jim Bob. I was wondering if we could get a picture. Big fan. Like that, just that little bit will change the whole you know, dynamic <laughs> of what's going to happen. And people just like, hey, can I? They're just so robotic that they think. Oh my God! Like a celebrity or something. I need I need a picture now because I need to post. It needs to happen right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so great. And I'll be like the worst. I'll be like mid like a burger in my mouth, like, and they'll be like, Hey, can I get a picture? And I'll be like, Um, 
can you wait till I'm done eating? Like, dude, they'll get pissed off and they'll be like, whatever, dude, I'm going then. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's on your time, bro. Like everything's on your time. So go ahead. <laughs> has, has there ever been anybody that you were kind of starstruck by that you wanted to get a picture with or that you wanted to talk to when you met them? Um, the only person in my whole life I ever like stopped, stopped and got a picture with was Ozzy. Wow. Yeah. I actually went and and went to meet him because he's like one, you know, he's been a childhood hero of mine since I was a kid. Like Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath is my blood. Like, and I need like when I found he was doing a meet and greet, and I found out that day of, and it was for the record release album of is when he was Ozzy by himself right before they did their Ozzy show. It's the one where I because Ozzy albums I kind of listen to. I think it's oh. Osmosis. Okay. It's okay. Osmosis album. And so that's the one where he's a skeleton and you can see his chain, right? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. Of, yeah. So I go, he's doing it at Tower Records on Sunset when it was still a record store. He's doing a meet and greet there. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just show up. So it's at eight o'clock tonight. I'll show up 7 30. <laughs> Lo and behold, there's these, this gated line that's been there probably since like four in the morning Jeez. the line is like eight hours long and i pull up and i park and i'm kind of standing there and i'm looking at this line and i'm like holy shit i'm like there's no way i'm gonna meet ozzy and then it was kind of right when the show came out so people knew i was i was kind of getting bombarded and I'm like, fuck i can't hang out here this i'm like this sucks i was bummed out and like right then Ozzy and Sharon pull up in a limo, and the first thing Ozzy does is, Sharon, why the fuck did we take a limo when we live five minutes away? We could have taken a cab. <laughs> and Sharon's just like, Ozzy, it's just the whole thing, the record. Like, and he's like, we could have goddamn taken a cab. And I'm like, Yes, Ozzy, just like is the love I have for him just gotten even bigger. That's great. And so Sharon sees me and they're doing the Osmosis tour and they want a whole bunch of little people on the tour. And she keeps she wants me to go on. I'm like, no, we're actually about to go on the Steve O Don't Try This at Home tour. So I'm actually going on my own tour. She's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. She's like, come in and meet Ozzy anyway. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just turned out to be the best thing ever. So she brings me in. The line is just starting going. I bet 10 people only went some. And she passes the line and goes, Ozzy, meet Jason Weeman. And Ozzy gets off his throne, come like because he's sitting in this throne for all the people, gets off his throne, and he sits down on the ledge to meet me. He's like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, my God, Ozzy, best day ever. And we take a Polaroid together. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, Ozzy, I love you. You have a lot. You're getting your fans. Nice to meet you. That's so awesome, man. I, that was the one time I ever fanned out on anybody. Well, it's it's funny that you bring up Ozzy because there is a connection between you and I. You probably don't know this. I live in Muncie, Indiana. Okay, yeah. Which I is yeah, so which is where you were a volunteer or what was it a, a policeman with Armed and yeah, Famous? No, we, we trained to be real cops. Like we went through the full training, guns and all. Like and Jack Jack was there, right? Yeah, Jack Osborne was with me. Yeah, we were like. To me, being with Jack, like, I don't even think Jack knew. I never told him, like, how much Ozzy was in that, you know, I never said it because Jack's a whole other person, you know? Yeah. And I always just, Jack and I treated each other just like you would if you moved to a new city and you met somebody new, you just treat that person that way. 
So that's how we treated each other. So how was your experience here? I mean, I know uh, I moved away for quite a long time. I just moved back because I had I had a son and a daughter, and I wanted them to be closer to family. But uh, what did you think of Muncie, and, like, did you enjoy your time here? I mean, how was it? Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. I, I actually met a couple guys that skated, and I always went skating during the day and stuff. And there was a small town little coffee shop that I ate at every day, ate and drank coffee, and everybody was super cool to me, man. It, it was it was a great town, and I loved it. I, I will I will say there was one time I actually did meet you, sort of. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, uh, some friends of mine and I we found out that they like filmed the end of the episodes at this little like sunshine cafe place here in town. You guys would yeah. always, and so we would go and stalk you guys kind of when you were there. And <laughs> I, I shook your hand one time. I said, Hey man, big fan. You're like, cool, man. Thanks. And you just walked out. <laughs> awesome. So, cool. so we, we've met, but it was very, very brief, very, we very brief. Paths. We, we crossed paths. paths. Yeah. 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 So, um, how did you feel about that whole, like, I know Jackass sort of is in the vein of reality shows, but I mean, that Armed and Famous show was a complete reality show. Did you feel like at home doing something like that because of the Jackass stuff or did it just kind of feel foreign to you? Um, uh, I just like being around the camera is real easy for me. So that part was comfort. But I'm just the kind of person that, like, if somebody gives me a job to do and it's somewhere else, that's rad because I get to travel and I get to see another place. You that's know? cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I look at it. And just to go out and do something was pretty rad. And to learn a new trade. Like, I always learn, love learning new things and learning a new trade. So to learn a new trade was actually pretty rad. And I, if you go down to the police station right there in Muncie, they still have my picture up. And I'm officer number 310. So you can <laughs> cool. go in there and see my mugshot. I, I, I teach guitar I teach guitar at a store right down by the station. So maybe I'll cruise in there and take a picture yeah. of it or something. <laughs> Come in there, snap a picture. It's pretty funny. Awesome, man. Okay, well, uh, I, I do want to talk about Jackass. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan, as is millions of other people all around the world. So I know that uh, you were working at Big Brother Magazine when that whole thing kind of kicked off. Well, I've I've seen the like the Vice documentary and a bunch of other things. You guys just started doing like pranks and whatnot just as part of the skate videos, correct? Yeah, exactly. We were just putting out skate videos, and in between, we were just doing dumb pranks. And it's just it was you know it was stuff I was doing with my buddies even before Jackass. You know what I mean? That you, you were just but filming I, it for that. You didn't done it before, and it didn't really matter if it was being filmed, right? Yeah. And then we just started filming it for that, and it was like okay, extra bonus, like. It just came natural. How, so. how did you guys hook up with the CKY guys? Because I know they were kind of in the same vein as you guys. Yeah, and everything was, got together. It was, same, it was the same time. And uh, they were doing the, C, the CKY stuff on the East Coast. And we were doing this on pretty much the West Coast. And Tremaine just at one point said, we need to collaborate and do something big and try to get it on TV. And when he said that, I was like, well, we'll go out and film it. Maybe it'll get on TV. Who knows? I bet you one or two episodes, and then it's going to get pulled, and we're going to be talked about like, remember that one time you guys tried to make a TV show? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I th that's what I expected to happen. But lo and behold, uh, 
18 years later, <laughs> wow. we're, we're still talking about it. Yeah, I just I remember like I I skateboarded and I had a lot of the the Big Brother you know videos and whatnot and I read that magazine and then a friend of mine actually gave me a VHS copy of like the first CKY thing and I was always like man these guys should totally get together and then when you guys got together it was like it was perfect so yeah and I mean you you guys are all super tight still like do you still talk to all the guys yeah yeah I just saw Pontius and Cossack last night oh that's great man. Yeah, and uh, Preston always Preston always messages me and tries to find out where in the world I am, and it's good because I want to like know where in the world he is, and hopefully he's good. So, <laughs> well, I do want to talk a little bit about Jackass. Uh, one of my favorite like things you guys did, and the only reason it's my favorite is because I'm deathly allergic to bees. And I, oh, I, I know okay. you probably know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the, the, the bee limo. Right. The bee limo. How how was that? I mean, you had to have got stung a lot, right? Yeah, we got stung a bunch, but actually, Steve-O and I didn't get stung as much as the other guys did, because we realized if you stay quiet and don't move too much, because we filmed with bees before on Wild Boys, so we went and did some filming with bees and Wild Boys, like, they even were, like, grabbing them out of the air, and Steve-O grabbed one one time by the wings, and he put it right on the tip of my nose, and it stung my nose and then i just pulled the split like you could see it on the video the splinter or the tent you know the the thorn was still in my nose and i just pulled it right out <laughs> that's crazy man yeah so um i was gonna ask you also uh i'm a big traveler i've been a lot of different places in the world a lot of different countries uh, when you guys on on the second movie when you guys went to india like how was that did you have to get permits to do things or was it just kind of like the wild wild west it was Wild Wild West, but we still got permits, and we hooked up with, because um, Bali, or not, yeah, uh, is it Bollywood? Yeah. yeah. Bollywood is the Hollywood of, you know, India. So we connected with them and did all that. We had to get a bunch of shots and different things, but that was my second time to India. I went, I went when I was younger with my mom, because she worked for the airlines, and we would get to travel anywhere in the world we want once a year, and all we have to do is pay the tax of the ticket. So we would travel all the time. And I told Tremaine that, and Tremaine was kind of, like, psyched about it, that I think in the back of his mind he always wanted to go to India after that. I'm like, dude, it's fucking it's it's third world, but it's rad. <laughs> Can you uh, – do you have any good stories about, like, maybe the first time you were there or when you were there with the jackass guys in India? Uh, I remember more when the first time I went because it was, that's when it was a shocker to me. And just, like – I've been to Mexico and stuff, and I always thought that was third world. But when I went to India, it was just shocking, like, what people did to their kids to just put them on the streets to beg for money. And then I always had a uh, – we always had – my mom and I hired one of the – it's a tuk-tuk. It's the yeah. taxis of uh, India. We hired one guy one day, and I guess we paid him pretty good the first day that he's like – I'll be back here next morning, everything. And I think he slept in his tip-tip just to make sure whenever we wanted to leave, he was there for us. That's awesome. Yeah, he took us around. We tried different things. He even took us to the, I think it was probably one of his family friends or whatever, to this guy who sold gems and all that (laughs) and told us the whole story. We're like, oh, okay, we're just not into gems, you know, but this is pretty cool. So do you uh, do you have any good stories? I mean, and you said you're going to blow my mind. So I, I want to hear some stories from the Jackass times or or the skating times or anything, man. I just blow my mind, wee man. Come on. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just going to lay it right out there, you know? <laughs> There's just so many. I'm trying to think of one to think of. I was, um, I was in Louisville, Kentucky one time, and I was doing a signing, like, meet and greet for Monster, Monster Energy. And uh, um, we, were, we were going on bar tours. We were on this, like, one main street where a whole bunch of bars are. Every town has those. And we were at this last bar, and um, I was getting pretty just shit-faced. And there was three chicks around me, and my friends were saying that they were actually almost going into fisticuffs to see who was taking me home. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm so drunk, I didn't even notice it. And I kept drinking Irish car bombs where they, you know, they put the shot in, Jameson, the fucking Baileys and stuff. And I mean, I don't even know how I I fucking lasted on, but I was drinking them and I was taking the little bucket glasses and I was just smashing them (laughs) into the bar after a while, just hucking them, whatever. So my buddy's like, fuck, we got to get out of here. We man's going to destroy this bar. So he pulls me, grabs me by the throat, starts yanking me out. And the owner comes up and he goes, what are you doing? He goes, man, this guy's going to destroy a bar. He's throwing glasses everywhere, whatever. And uh, we're, we're just getting him out of here. He goes, no, 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 no. This, he's not leaving. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, look down the street and look in any other bar. They're dead. I'm making money tonight. He can burn and break down whatever shit he wants in here. He's not leaving. That's awesome, man. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Love it. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, love, like, that's the kind of shit that's happened to me. But then also, I, uh, me and my buddy, when we'd be on tour, we'd always have to think we'd have to do good our good deeds to make our karma like equal out, you know? Yeah. So one time, it's like a Sunday, and, and every time by Sunday, we would just, I mean, we were reeking and sweating alcohol and just, it was done for us. But one Sunday, we're at an airport, and we're checking, bag checking right at, at the curbside, and we just hear, and guy gets out, car's still running, throws this bag on the curb, grabs the old lady, walks her a little bit, and just puts her on the curb, gets in his car, and takes off. And it's this little Asian grandma, doesn't speak English, and she's just standing there. And we're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> but we were probably thinking, you know what? It was either his mom or his mother-in-law, and she probably stayed more than, than three days, <laughs> yeah. and he was done with her. He, he was the one who had to drive her to the airport and done. So that's how we dropped her off. Well, dude, she she probably would have just stood there for the whole day, but we were like, hey, come over here. We brought her to the baggage guy. He showed her ID, printed her ticket, and we seriously took her through security, walked her all the way to the gate, sat her down, and told the people at the gate, this is her flight. Make sure she gets on. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, so all that all that bad stuff you did was was totally taken care of, right? <laughs> yeah, we got it. We we always have to make sure it's evened out. So. That's that's awesome, man. So uh, when you guys did, you guys do like big promo tours like for Jackass for the movie and for the TV show? Never, not for never, nothing. It just we just did it and let Paramount do all the ads and do do what they needed to do, you know. We just put it out there and did what we could. I mean, after after each one, 
we would then go on different tours, like went on the Don't Try This at Home tour for Steve-O. Then we've done some other jackass tours just for fun, you know? But that's about it. Did you, uh, I think I read, um, you did the 2002 Warp Tour, like, as an athlete, yeah. correct? Yep, I went on, I skated it. It was right after Jackass, like, Jackass the show came out. And we just, we just finished the movie. Because that's when Jack, the first movie, Jackass the movie came out. Yeah, I went on Warp Tour from Vancouver all the way to Ohio. What was your experience like on Warp Tour? That's a big part of my career. Like, all the bands that I've been in, we have, we've done Warp Tour numerous times. It's funny because Steve Caballero and Andy Mack were on it, and they were in the skate band, but I showed up, and Twitch and Scummy, Colin and uh, Twitch, what's Twitch's name? I can't think of it right now, but Twitch and Scummy from Metal Militia, they were doing mo- freestyle motocross, and they saw me show up to the tour, and they're like, dude, stay on our bus, you know? <laughs> Let's just cause havoc. And I'm like, all right, so I'd stay on their bus. They would, like, we'd show up to each town, and they would just do whatever freestyle stuff. We'd hang out. And then I'd just go for two times a day and do a half hour, like, mini ramp demo. And then get back on the bus and travel to the next day. I'd go watch bands and all that. And what's funny is that year, this is this is a good on-tour story. Okay. That year, Good Charlotte was, like, just came out on tour, right? Yeah. But they looked they looked like Justin Bieber. Like they were all <laughs> clean cut and all their songs were like lovey-dovey and all that. And I'm like, who's this band? And like the people are loving them. But they, I could tell that Warp Tour had changed their lives because after the tour, they went, fully got sleeved and changed their whole personality and attitudes. And I'm like, wow, what an influence a tour can have. Yeah, and that that tour actually this past summer was the last one, so it's kind of sad that uh, it's the end of an era. It's over now. So, uh, two thousand last year. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. This past summer, it's the very last oh, one. This year. Yeah, this, this year. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking it's fall, but it's not really. I guess it's still yeah, summer. It's still summer. Dude. <laughs> so this last, this one that just happened. Yeah, the, the one that one. just happened. It ended. That was the last one. So hopefully they'll do some festivals or something. But yeah. They're probably going to switch it up. I can't, I can't see, you know, them stopping. Yeah. But I can see them changing the format. Definitely. Yeah. So speaking of music, and uh, we'll get away from the Good Charlotte topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that you said you loved Black Sabbath and Ozzy. I know I, you have a Slayer hat on right now. I, I've seen you in, uh, you know, Rancid shirts and Black Flag shirts. Are you into punk rock? Are you into metal? Like, what are you into? What are some of the bands that really influence your life? I've always been into punk rock and metal ever since I was like kid. Descendants, Pennywise, Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Off, Slayer, Metallica, Black Sabbath, like all, you know, all of them. Are there any bands like coming out right now that are, are speaking to you or is it mostly older stuff? Older stuff. I'm, there's no like new bands right now. Like I just went and saw Slayer twice. And just not a, like, like I'm I'm not a fan of the newer and they've been around like Lamb of God. Yeah. Don't doesn't really do nothing for me. Doesn't tickle my fancy. And I, I just I don't know I don't I don't know what it is. You know, I I feel like I think when I when I listen to music and I can feel that the people are playing it from their heart, I get it. But when they're just like. Rah, 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 <laughs> I'm just like, nah. Like, Rancid. 
Rancid, you, you can feel like every song they've written, they've written it from their heart. It's from experiences, and every song's a story. You know what I yeah. mean? I've got a Rancid shirt on right now, man. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. So do you do you hang out with any like musicians on the regular, or is it just no. you just respect what they do? Respect what they do. Yeah. What is your uh, relationship with the actual band CKY? Do you have a relationship with them right now? Uh, no. Every once in a while, here and there, though, I talk to Jess, and that's that's about as far as it goes, you know. And yeah, it's not it's not like any of my other bros or anything, but that's about as, as good as it gets. Cool. Well. uh... I want to talk about your skateboard company because that's very intriguing to me. I've looked at it online. The boards look really cool. It's it's uh, Nullity. Yeah, Nullity. N- Nullity Skateboards. Can you tell me about like when you started that and what drove you to do it? Yeah, it's reading a book from John uh, Bolt, and it's called Why the World Exists. And it has to do with um, everything has a purpose that starts from zero. So it starts from nothing. And if there's nothing, you're not going to have something. So there has to be the absence for something to actually exist. There has to be like the yes. black and the white. Okay. Yep, exactly. They're the yin and the yang, the whole deal. So when I started this company, I didn't want it to represent anything or be, you know, like anything. I didn't want it to be defined. And I kept thinking, okay, it's, this company's nothing because then it'll be something. And I kept looking up different words and nullity kept coming across. And I read the definition that means uh, has no value and doesn't exist, you know, doesn't exist. I'm like, exactly. That's what it is. It's nothing. Don't worry. It's just a skateboard company. (laughs) So I then came up and I drew the N crossed out. And I like, fuck, it looks like an anarchy. It totally works. I've always loved the anarchy. So I told my buddy, redraw it, make it even better. And he fucking came up with the best logo, and I loved it. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. No use skateboards. So uh, do you, do you like, design the boards? Like, what is your – I know you own the company, but what is your actual, like, influence in the company? I give all the ideas, and I give them to different artists, and I tell them what I want, and they do it, you know? So we work together, but everything creative or coming up, I come up with. Come up with shapes and all that. And I don't still don't put out, like, popsicle sticks or nothing. I put out like what it is, you know, what got the guys who ride for me want. And the guys who ride for me, I am picked myself too. Like I've seen them just skate and I'm like, yep, you're a part, you get it. This is what it is. And they just fit so perfectly. They all get along. It's, it's one of the best things ever. Like it just, I, I couldn't have asked for it or wished upon, you know, That's it great. just happened. How, yeah. how, how can people uh, check that out? Do you have a website they can go to or? Uh, yeah, it's hausvonwee.com, which means house of we, but in German. Okay. And it's spelled German. So it's H-A-U-S-V-O-N-W-E-E.com. Could you, uh, I'm sure you've probably talked about this on numerous interviews and podcasts, but I, I guess I've just missed it. How did you actually get the nickname Wee Man? Oh, yeah, I talked to it and it's, it's easy. It's pretty simple. So... <laughs> World Industries was right down the street from my house, one of the biggest skateboard companies. I always loved their stuff. So I'd go by there, hang out, and, you know, try and get a board here and there. And the warehouse guy is Sal Rocco, and he's Steve Rocco's brother. And every time we'd go in the back and see Sal, 
he would always yell out to everybody, hey, everybody, we Man's here, we Man's here, woo! So he was actually one that gave it to me, and it stuck, and people just started calling me Wee Man. And then since Big Brother was done out of World Industries, they already heard and knew, and as soon as I went to print and got myself in the magazine, they just printed it as Wee Man. So how, is it crazy for you? I mean, I know it's been a long time now, so it's probably just normal for your reality. But when people come up to you, like we were talking about, they want pictures and everything. Now, is it just, does it still kind of freak you out a little bit? Or is it just so normal now that you don't even think about it? Um, Because I mean, after Jackass, it had to just have blown up, right? Yeah, yeah. It blew, it's blown up since Jackass and all that. But social media has made it worse that I think everything somebody does now, they need to have a picture of it and put it out. They need, um, um, re what's, what's the, they need, they need that reinforcement that they're doing something, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I think people, that's how I think people think they accomplish something is they get a picture and they post it. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, look at what I'm eating. Everybody's <laughs> been eating this fucking food for the same time. You don't need to post your goddamn food. Like I tell, I, I like want to punch people across the table when I see them do that. Like post it, what you're doing and talk about it, but don't post your, just your plate. Like post and go, yeah, I fucking eat this and it's fucking rad. That's it. Don't be like, Oh, now I'm eating this. Now I'm eating this. Or go somewhere and enjoy the place for a moment and then post about it. Don't, as soon as you get out of the car, like, <laughs> you know? Well, well, we'll take that as a segue into my next thing I wanted to ask you about then, which this is maybe something you wouldn't feel bad about people taking pictures of and posting. Tell me about Chronic Tacos, man. Oh, Chronic Tacos is fucking amazing. We're growing. <laughs> We're worldwide now. I heard you have like Japanese locations, correct? Yeah. Yep, we opened up March eighth in Japan. That's and we awesome. Have Hawaii, and then we have all the way we have all the way to the Carolinas. So is it just is it just Mexican cuisine or like what all is in t- yeah, like well, on the menu? Mexican. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're not we're not no fusion place. <laughs> okay. We're just we're just chronic tacos, tacos, burritos, Mexican food. That's so. great. How did you get involved with that? Did the company exist and you kind of like came on board? Yeah, so in two, it started in 2002, and in 2008, I had a little change in my pocket, and my buddy goes, hey, man, you should bring one of these to our area, because he eats it out by his mom's house, and I'm like, well, you find out and see if we can get one, and we'll, we'll work it out. So my buddy went to one, and he was talking to one of the partners there, and they're like, no, we ain't franchising, we're fucking getting, you know, we're doing our own thing right now. And my buddy goes, well, I could bring somebody to the company. It might bring a little popularity to it. And he goes, oh, yeah, who? And he goes, we man. He goes, you can't bring me we man. He goes, yeah, get him on the phone. So he texts me. He's like, hey, when can you meet these guys? I'm like, let's do Friday night. Let's have a dinner with them, meet them, see what kind of guys they are, and I'll see if I want to do business with them. We met, ate, drank all night, partied. Friday next day, I'm like, yeah, we can do something. Like, we can work out together, and this works. And the founder was getting ready to sell, try to sell the brand back then with it only having like 29 stores, 28 stores. And now we have 54. Wow. So, yeah. So it's grown. It's, it's, there's been some stores that have gone in and out, but yeah, it's growing and people, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Any plans to bring any to the Midwest? (laughs) Oh yeah. We're, we're going, we get 
calls all the time about every state, you know? Yeah. It's just, it has to be the right person that's willing to take on and have a company for themselves, you know? Yeah, totally. We can't be everywhere. So we need to have somebody there to franchise and run it and have it like their own business. Are you, are you sort of like, I mean, I know you're on the corporate level, you know, as a partner, but are you also kind of like the face of the company? Like you do or like, yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. Every, they, they know it. Uh, the owners know it and stuff too. Do you open, do you open up places? Like, would you go to yep. one? Okay. Yep. Grand openings all the time. That's awesome, man. And you get yeah. to eat tacos for free. I'm sure. Yeah. I get to eat anything I want. Walk into, <laughs> walk into any one of them I want. Just put it on the plate. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Okay. Um, I've got some more notes I want to go through. I'm not going to take up a lot of your time, but I do want to get through some of these things. Uh, I checked out the other night Elfman. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's family friendly, which I mean, you don't do things that are crazy, not family friendly, but I mean, it's a little bit of a departure from Jackass and the things that I've seen you do. (laughs) Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on Elfman? Tell my listeners what it's all about. Uh, It's just one of those Christmas movies where it's a feel good where things go bad and then at the end it, you know something happens and it's it's your normal Hollywood feel good movie. Did you have and anything else to do with it other than like starring in it? No, nothing. Okay. <laughs> just, yeah, just they wanted me to star in it and I did it and it was a good time. I we filmed it in um, Frederick, Maryland. And once again it was one of those things where during the day I'd go skate with a whole bunch of buddy met a bunch of good guys. We skated all the time, and then I'd go at night and film what I needed to film. How was it, like, had you done a lot of acting prior to that, like remembering your lines or, like, like no, marks or anything? It comes, it comes pretty easy to me, and I've never done much acting where, you know, I never even considered myself an actor, and I never wanted to go do the Hollywood thing just because I was little. Yeah. So when it kind of happened and came, it was more because of what we did, what we loved, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't like I'm like, oh, I'm a little guy, so I guess the only job I can go get is going to go be an actor. I was always against it. I was like, fuck no, dude, never going to do that. Like, I always thought it was like a sellout thing. Yeah. What do you What do you think about – there seems to be right now quite a lot of reality shows based on little people. Do you have an opinion on that or um, – I do, and people get bummed, but I just think it's a bunch of horse crap. I, reality shows nowadays too are just let's let's cause drama and see what we can get out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? And it's so written. It's not even like it's not real reality anyway. It's Hollywood written reality. So let's make let's keep these people broken up and see if we can get them to with somebody else and cause drama. And it's just like I I can't stand that kind of TV. It just I hate it. I tell people all the time, you know, look at the actual credits when you watch one of those shows and there's always a storyboard editor and writers. Like if it was yeah. reality, you don't need that, right? No. If you want reality, just turn on the news. Yeah. That's reality. You know, that's Definitely. reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys were doing the jackass stuff then, like, did you guys just sit in a room and come up with ideas? Were there a couple guys that came yeah. up with the ideas or was everybody no, kind of we, we would come around and even with a couple other buddies of ours and come up with ideas. And so we wanted at least half the stuff written, like thought of and written out that we would go shoot. But the other half would just happen off the spur of the moment. So we would maybe go and try and film this like elaborate thing, but off to the side, everybody's fucking around with each other and we'd get gold, you know? Yeah. 
So you you just you just push record and you go out and you see what you get. You never know what's gonna happen. Were there uh, any of the skits that you personally like? Hey, this is my idea, and like you guys just ran with it. Were any of your favorites that you actually came up with yourself? Um, no, I never like <laughs> not that I can not that I can think of that I said. Hey, I get you know. There was a lot of shit I came up with, but I don't know that I, you know. Who, whose whose idea was uh, the make make wee man disappear skit? Oh, that was I think Knoxville. <laughs> was that Knoxville? <laughs> he just wanted. He was trying to phone it in that day and yeah. work from home. Okay. So, <laughs> and if no, so if he, people don't know what we're talking about, there's a there's this uh, this video where uh, she was big. What was she like? Three four hundred pounds. No, she's like five. Like five hundred pounds. She's yeah. I think she's she naked, huge. and she just sat on you and made you disappear or laid on yeah, you. Yeah, I had the little. I had the um, what's that chick from? Um, I had the the chick's red slippers that got crushed in the in the house. The, the red slippers. Oh, Dorothy. I had Dorothy's <laughs> slippers on. <too. laughs> So it's like a Wizard of Oz tribute, right? Yes, it was a full Wizard of Oz tribute, plus disappearing Wee Man. That's great, man. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Wee Man. Uh, I've got a couple more questions. Uh, I have some listener questions. I always put out these Instagram posts before I interview okay. people, and I, I ask for questions. So Will from Virginia wants to know if there were ever any stunts that you regretted. No, not None? Not one. Every stunt, I'm so proud of. I love them all. Was there any? Yeah. Was there anything? Like Joey from Florida is my next one. He wants to know what your favorite moment from Jackass. So maybe your favorite stunt that you were involved in. Um, one of the favorite moments was when stuff we always did as a group, because then it was rad. Like the whole band did it together. And one of the best stunts I loved was the bungee jump off of Preston. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because so you was one of the best stunts. You bungee, is, you bungee like, jumped, and then when when Preston came down, he actually like shot you back in the air, right? No, I I went down, and so the bungee fully extended, and then it went back, and that's when I yanked Preston in. Okay. So then he went in, and the bungee stretched out and got all the way. And he yanked me into the water. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah. What was was it? Did you guys have to get insurance? I'm sure. I mean, you're filming a TV show, and there's always a chance you'd get hurt. Oh yeah, you have to get insurance for everything you do nowadays. You know. So yeah, we had insurance. How do you feel about people nowadays? You know, YouTube back when Jackass started wasn't really a thing, and now it is. Do you think that you guys like kind of influence? I mean, I know you influence that, but do you? Do you see things people are doing now on YouTube and go, man, that's even crazier than the stuff we would do? Like, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't see too much stuff that, like, there's something, like some gnarly stunts and stuff, but the majority of it is mainly just, it's pretty mediocre. Because it's so, it's so flooded with stuff that, you know, you just, you just see, you see the fucking one song hit dancing videos. And it's like, really? Like, well, then there goes the sheeple copying the next person. Yeah. Let me do the same thing. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it at my work. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it here at the grocery, you know? <laughs> so. That's good, man. So um, I do have this question. This is probably going to be one of my last questions. What are the chances of there being another Jackass movie? I mean, do you guys discuss that? Is, is it a possibility for the future? Right right now, it's no. We've, we've had dinners and different things, and then... 
come to find out, it, it would be super hard for us to go out and try and film something nowadays with so many cameras and so many people. I mean, people think now too, Preston has been at a restaurant eating a, you know, eating food and there's been like Japanese guys like watching him the whole time, watching, watching. And then they're like, Preston, we saw you here for 45 minutes and all you've done is eaten your food. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's all I came here to do. <laughs> and so it's, it's a different era with cell phones now that like even for skateboarding it's a different era you can't go and film a skateboard video part and try and put it out because someone else might go and do the same trick you did the next day and post it and it's done yeah so it it's really difficult if you think about it for us to do we'd have to do it hidden in our own houses and do it that way but i mean do you do you think you could go to another country kind of like you did in india like do you think you'd be able to do that maybe I don't know where, because everybody has phones. Even in India, I think they have phones and cameras. Yeah. They're gonna post it up too, you know. And once it hits, once it hits the internet, the web, it spreads. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah, it's 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 difficult now because of that. What was it like when you guys were doing like the dance number and like some of the more produced things for the movies? You know, like the the intros and the outros where oh, you were in the slow those motion. Were actually, those were pretty great days. Because we didn't have to be so on guard and so scared of like a stunt we were doing. We're just doing a choreographed dance. And I mean, once we got it together, it was like push record. We got this. I was impressed when I I watched it the other day. I mean, I'd seen it back in the day, but I rewatched it in, you know, preparation for talking to you. And there, you guys danced very well. (laughs) There wasn't anybody. Yeah, we we got it together. I I think Bam looked like he was struggling a little bit, but the rest of you guys looked pretty good. That's good. At least, at least we pulled it off. Okay, so what's what does the future hold for Wee Man? You've got the the taco place going strong. You've got you know you know your skateboard company. Like, what else do you have in the works right now? I got some stuff, but I don't like to let it out before it hits. Okay. Yeah, I'm not like my other friends talk about things they're gonna do, and I'd rather hold off and do something and then talk about it. So I got some things in the works that's coming out and that. Uh, I'll be doing, and then people will be like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't like to talk about things anymore before they have them. I like the things to happen and then talk about them. Okay, one last question. I just remember this. This isn't in my notes, but I was very I was very interested in this. I know you guys did, like, a, uh, like a skit with Brad Pitt. How was that? Yeah. It was, I wasn't there that day, actually, but it was when we first were doing the TV show and all that. And it was like all these stars just started becoming big fans and they wanted to do something. So he goes, yeah, I'll do whatever. Let's film. And so they went out one night and filmed with him. I wasn't around during that time, like at that time of filming. So I didn't get to film with him. But Shaq was doing jackass uh, parties at his house every Sunday for the new episode. That's that's amazing. He wanted to film with us and we got the whole band together and did it. And it was the best, one of the best episodes ever. He seems like a great guy. Like, how was Shaq? Was he was he as he's nice like as he seems? Teddy bear. Oh, he's a sweetheart, big teddy bear, super good guy. Like, he was a rad guy to meet and do things with. That's great. Super bad. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to say I don't want to take up any more of your time. I've had a wonderful time chatting with you. Uh, I'm I'm hoping there will be a new Jackass movie in some form or fashion. I don't know how you guys could do it, but it, it would be really cool to see. Uh, Thanks. 
you're a great guy. You've got some really cool things going on, man. I, I think I'm going to buy one of your skateboards soon. I, I need I need to get back <laughs> on a board. I got a new series coming out. They're going to be a lot better. Okay, I'll so. make sure I check that out, man. But yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and have a great night. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon, man. You got it, man. Thanks, cool. buddy. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Yeah. And there it was, my conversation with Jason Weeman Acuna. I really enjoyed talking to Weeman. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we did video FaceTime for that conversation, which is why he knew I was wearing a Rancid shirt and I knew he was wearing a Slayer hat. Uh, a lot of the guests, we do FaceTime audio or Skype audio or something like that. But uh, with, with Wee Man, we decided to go video, man. He wanted to show me that he was chilling in a hotel room. He's living the on-tour lifestyle. So uh, big ups to Wee Man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll have you back for a part two when that mysterious stuff you're working on that you wouldn't tell me about comes out. We'll have you back for a part two. Okay, so next week... I have a great episode coming out. Uh, Boy Sets Fire was a band that I really got into when I was younger. And uh, their singer, Mr. Nathan Gray, is going to come on the show. And we're going to talk about his new solo stuff. He's got a tour coming up in November uh, where he's doing solo acoustic stuff all over the country. And uh, we go pretty deep. We talk about Boy Sets Fire. We talk about touring in Europe. It's a great episode, so make sure that you guys come back next week for episode number 25 with Nathan Gray from Boy Sets Fire. Um, make sure that you're following us on all the social media platforms. It's at T-O-T-O-T podcast. And I've been toying with this idea. I wanted to see what you guys thought, so tweet at me or hit me up on, on Facebook or Instagram or email me or whatever. But I want to kind of see all the different scenes that make up you know, the world. It could be international or the United States, whatever. When I was young, we had a big scene in the town that I lived in or the town, the bigger town that was close to where I lived. Uh, in Marion, Indiana, we had this venue that we ran called the Rain Tree Theater. Anybody out there listening that's from the Grant County area that was in the scene back then, they know what I'm talking about. Um, we had a lot of bands and everybody was kind of like family and everybody helped each other out. And I'm pretty sure that still exists. So I want to know about your scene. I want to know about your city. What is the cool venue? What's the cool coffee shop or vegan sandwich place? Like whatever you want to tell me, I want to know because I want to talk about it on the show. So you can email me, you can hit me up on any of the social media platforms, or you can call and actually leave me a message telling me about your scene on the TOTOT hotline. It's one 372 8818. So call and tell me about your scene. I want to know about it. I want to like make a community. This is about touring. And when I was younger, there was like this family atmosphere when you were on tour. Bands that you didn't know from other areas would help you out. They would put you up. They'd feed you. I want to know if that still happens. So if you have something cool in your city, a cool part of your scene, call and tell me about it. So, uh, yeah, that's it. We are going to get out of here. I'm tired. It's almost 2 a.m. now and I'm going to go to sleep because I have an interview tomorrow with another guest that I cannot tell you about yet. I'll tell you next week, but thank you guys so much for coming in week in and week out and checking out these episodes. Last week's episode with Zach from rise against was awesome. We actually charted. We broke the top 200 on Apple podcasts. So thank you guys very much. Keep listening. I'll keep putting these out. I love you. 
I'm so glad that you are in my life and I'm so glad that you let me be a part of your life. So that's it. I'm going to get out of here. No song at the end because We Man isn't in a band. But uh, go on Netflix and check out the Jackass movies. Uh, go on YouTube, whatever you want. Jason is the coolest guy in the world and you guys need to support him. Go to Chronic Tacos if you're somewhere where there's a Chronic Tacos. But uh, I'm rambling. I'm tired. I'm going to get off here. Love you guys. Till next week, this is Chris signing out. See ya. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.